your hand up if you have an iPhone or some type of device, you iPad or whatever you use for your Bible. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Reben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that I, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. My heart is receptive. My ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. And as we submit to the Holy Spirit this morning, we thank you for guiding our way through your word. And most of all, Father, speaking to us from the spirit of your word and from the Holy Spirit himself. And so we thank you in advance that our lives are going to be changed for the better. And breakthrough is going to emanate from our lives and into our lives. And Lord, we just declare that all is well, just as the widow said. And Father, I pray that as I have decreased that the anointing of God will touch every person in this room. And we thank you in advance for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I was in the middle of a series entitled, Getting Your Life Together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I hope you're getting your life together. And this morning when I got the call about the whole storage incident, I just felt a shift. Everybody say a shift. And I just decided to change what I was going to share. So we're going to put a pause on the series and I'll finish that next week in I want to share something different this morning. I want to talk about how to respond to a prophetic word. How to respond to a prophetic word. And and, uh, I want you to find two verses of scripture. I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 3 and 4. And then I want you to find 2 Chronicles chapter 20. That was 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verses 3 and 4. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verses 20. Through 22. And the reason I wanted to share this or I felt led to do it because sometimes when God speaks, we're not paying too much attention. And when God says things, sometimes he may say it from his word. He may use someone else to say it. But sometimes God wants to prophetically say some things in our lives. And a prophetic word is designed to bring down barriers and also put us in position of what God is wanting for our lives. And so last week, like I said, through our worship experience in our second service, I mean, the word of the Lord came and then, I mean, praise exuberated in that place. And I believe barriers begin to come down. And in 1 Corinthians, are you in 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Here's what I want you to write down. And, and, and I'm not going to really be systematic as much because I took these notes over a period of probably 30 minutes. Everybody say you have to be flexible. Well, the Lord knows how to work with Pastor Evan. Praise the Lord. 
prophecy still exists and God wants to express his will and his, and his desires through prophecy. And sometimes churches can get so structured that they don't hear the prophetic, the prophetic voice. And I know last week I said, you know, most of us, how many grew up in the church when they say, yeah, 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 that said the Lord. How many of us? Yeah, yeah. And then some of us grew up in churches like me. We, they didn't say nothing like that because there was no prophetic word. And then some of us went to churches where there was a prophetic word, but it wasn't a prophetic word. I mean, it was pathetic. That's what it was. It was just a pathetic word. In 1 Corinthians 14, look in verse 3. It says, but he that prophesies speaks unto men to what? Edification and what? Exhortation and what? Comfort. That's the purpose of prophecy. It is to provide edification. Edification means to build up. It also says here, that it says it brings comfort. So if you find somebody prophesying gloom and doom. That's not edification. That's not comfort. Now, can God pronounce something prophetically that maybe be judgment wise? Yeah, yeah, but for the most part, God wants us to. He wants us to know that these are things he wants for us. And, and do you know that it's more encouraging to give someone a promise than to give them the the, the uh, repercussions of the promise. Do you know you can get more out of your kids. If you give them the promise. And then tell them what to do. Versus just telling them what to do. You know I've gotten so many of you all's kids. To do something for me. Just by giving them a dollar. They may be in line frowning. I'll say come on give pastor a hug. Wouldn't give me a hug for nothing. But I pull out that George Washington. I don't even get it out good. Here they come. Just hugging me. You know why? Because they needed a motivation. And that's what prophecy is. Prophecy is to motivate us to know what God has for us. Now I want you to go to 2 Chronicles. Go to 2 Chronicles very quickly. 2 Chronicles. Now, last week, uh, one of our members called me uh, and said, Pastor, something that you have been prophesying has happened, and it's a miracle, and I want to tell you about it. And so I talked to him on yesterday. And sometimes things seem to get worse right before breakthrough takes place. And the reason some of us don't experience the breakthrough because we faint right before the breakthrough happens. And so uh, he and his family had been living with another family and he thought he was going to live with them for about three months to get himself together. And he ended up living with this family for a little over a year. Well, in the middle of this, he was supposed to be getting some medical benefits from the, from the government from serving in the military. He had some things, issues, some disability issues. And, and so uh, it took a whole year. Here it is. He's, they were working on this thing for a whole year. And basically they were saying, it's not going to happen. We can't, this is not going to work. Uh, you won't be getting this. And he said his family, they began to pray. They began to pray. And then he heard that word breakthrough come. And so that week, uh, or the week before that, he and his wife had drove all the way to Waco, which is where the, the uh, headquarters is for the, for the uh, whole deal. And got up there and they just basically said, hey, there's nothing we can do for you. And they said, legally, we can't even start working on your file till September the 8th. How many know if God says there's going to be a breakthrough, there's going to be a breakthrough? 
So on the way home, he's driving. And he said, Pastor, my wife and I didn't say anything to each other until about 30 minutes into the trip. He says, I know she was praying and I was praying. He said, but we weren't giving up. And we told our kids, we just got to pray. We got to keep trusting God. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep doing what we know to do. Well, how many know that all H-E-L-L broke loose? Now, what he didn't know was on the way home, he must have uh, hit a dead spot or something. But he ended up getting a phone call from somebody that said, I don't know what happened, but somebody called. I don't even know the person. They called and said, your file was done. Now, watch this now. This is in the month of August. Now, he gets a call because the family he was living with was going through a difficult time and they were separating. So the husband had to get out and the wife ended up with the house. So all of them and the husband had to get out. It's August 31st now. How many know August 31st just just went around the corner right there? He's still believing for breakthrough. They had to move out and go sleep at his sister's house. And they were all living in one room. Can you imagine a four or five family living in just one box, sharing one restroom? Yeah, I understand that right now. (laughs) Check this out. He said, Pastor, on September 1st, I woke up early in the morning because I got the text. It was like 122 in the morning. I was thinking, what is he doing at 122 in the morning? He says, Pastor, guess what happened? He said, they had transferred direct deposited all the money into his bank. Wait a minute. They went all the way back to when they were supposed to give it to him. And it was more than what they promised to give him. And watch this. He had went by faith and signed all the papers for the house that they wanted to move into. But he didn't have the money to move into it. But how many know you got to put your human effort on top of what God wants to do? If you don't do nothing, God can't do nothing. So he went and signed the papers anyway. They said, where's the money? We ain't got the money. (laughs) On September the 1st, they signed the paperwork for, and they moved into a 4,600 square foot house. And he told me, Pastor, I tried to go online to pay my tithe because I know I have, I won't pay my tithe. And he said, we couldn't do it. My wife said, baby, just we'll do it on Sunday. We'll do it on Sunday. That's what his wife said. But you have to perceive, and here I got just have three basic points. In order to, to, to walk in a prophetic word, you have to first perceive a, a prophetic word. And then you have to believe the prophetic word. And then you have to receive a prophetic word. Now, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, are you there? Look now in verse 20. And I don't want you to focus on how I'm saying what I'm saying. I want you to get what I'm saying. In 2 Chronicles 20, look in verse 20. And they rose early in the morning. This is so good. And they went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went for it, Jehoshaphat stood. Pastor Evan stood up and said, hear me, O word of truth. (laughs) Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. But if you believe in his prophets, if you believe in what was prophetically said, so shall you. Come on, class. So shall you. You prosper. And I want you to see the response 
of the prophetic word. So then what happened? He got together. He consulted the people. He appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. And then it says, they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And they began to sing and do praise. And the Lord, watch this now, set ambushments against the children of Ammon. In other words, when they heard the word, then they said, we got to do some praising. And I'm saying to you with this word, this season of breakthrough, you can't just praise at church. You got to praise at home. You got to praise in your car. You got to praise on your job. But see, people say, I tell you what, go to Psalm 67. Go to Psalm 67 very, very quickly. See, we have made praise something that we do at church when praise is really one of those things that God uses to push us through difficult times. Psalm 67, you know, the old school that you say when praises go up, what, what happens? Blessings come down. Well, I'm going to show you that is scriptural. You know, a lot of songs that we sing sometimes and sayings that we have are not scriptural, but this one is. In Psalm 67, are you there? Say, I'm there. Look in verse 3. It says, let the people praise you, O God. Let how many people? Let all the people praise. Now, listen, if you take out all then the next word we could use is some. So I want to see it like this. If we were to insert that word some in there, let me show you what would happen. It said, let some of the people praise you, O God. Let some of the people praise you. Look at verse 5 again. Let some of the people praise you, O God. Let, all, let some. I know it says all. I'm going to come back. Let some of the people praise you. Let me show you what happened. Then shall the earth yield her increase. Who would it, who would it yield to if only some are praising? Only some. And that's why some... Don't get the breakthrough. You got some that are praising and some that are not. And the ones that are not, watch this. The earth cannot let go of what belongs to you until you begin to praise. Listen, don't worry about how you look. Sometimes I pull up next to people and I mean they are jamming. And I know they ain't jamming for Jesus. So if they can look like that, why can't we look like that? I mean, get in your car. Just make sure you keep your hands on the steering wheel. But I mean, you get in there, you put your music on, and you begin to praise, and you begin to worship, and you begin to thank, and all you need to do is see blessings just coming down. Prophecy must be perceived. First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17 through 22, it talks about, it says, pray without ceasing. But it, but it goes on to say, it says, despise not prophesying. In other words, when God says a prophetic word to you, don't just look at it and go, well, just, uh, that's just what God wants the pastor to have. No, no, no. No, it's not just what God wants the pastor to have. God wants everybody to have it. And when he told me about that breakthrough, see, what he don't know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same situation right now because, you know, I sold my house. So the person who has, who has my house didn't want to cooperate at first with the Lord. So we had to sleep in two rooms. Me, can you imagine four of us in two rooms? I can't either. So I had already had a plan for this guy the first time. I ain't going to go into details because I'm not done with it. But how many know this week there was a breakthrough? 
oh yeah, he's moving, he's moving out right now. <laughs> and I'm moving in on Tuesday. He finally had to do what the Lord wanted him to do. Because see, breakthrough doesn't just come when you just sit still and feel and just start crying when everything ain't going right. Woe is me. Poe is me. You know it's easy to have a pity party than to have a push party. See, a push party is you when you just keep pushing until something happens. Listen, today we did not, listen, I know that lady got about 10 calls from, from our church. The lady at the, the storage company. I mean, when I called her, she was on the other line because, you know, you can hear the beep go beep, beep. When the person, I, we just kept, I kept hitting redial. And one of our men said, Pastor, I pushed her to get the repair people out there. I said, well, keep one person at the storage. We're going to keep pushing until something happens, basically. Because some of us give up too fast. Amen. Now, here's the biggest. Go to Matthew 21. Go to Matthew 21. Doggone it. I'm just talking. Okay, let me show you the biggest enemy to prophecy is unbelief. That's the biggest enemy. In fact, you can just take this across the board. Unbelief is the biggest enemy to any promise God makes you. So I want you to turn to Matthew 21 very quickly. Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Let me show you how to overcome doubt and unbelief. Because, see, when the prophetic word comes, if you don't watch it, doubt will talk you out of it. See, doubt is designed to stack all the obstacles up and have you to look at them. That's what doubt is. Doubt is just the thought that says, how is God going to do that? You know you got all these bills. How are you just going to trust God and you pay your time? That's not going to work. How, how, how is God going get, to get you out of that bad situation? And so doubt is designed to stack up all the obstacles and have you to just observe them. But see, if we're not careful, we will start looking at all the obstacles that doubt stacks up against us. And if you meditate on the doubt too long, it will slowly move you into unbelief. And unbelief, it's impossible to receive God's best when you're flowing in unbelief. Are you in Matthew chapter 21? Look in verse 21. Watch what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith, and what class? And doubt not, you shall not only do which is done to this fig tree, but... And, but also, if you will say unto this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be what? Done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believe and you receive, and you'll have it, right? Now, I want you to turn over to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. I tell you what, go to Matthew 14. Go to Matthew 14. Just go backwards since we're in Matthew. Matthew 14. Now, I'm going to look in verse... Uh, Let's look in verse 29. Matthew 14, 29. Now, this is the situation with, with Peter. Uh, Jesus had told him, hey, come on and walk on the water. In verse 27, it says, but straightway Jesus spoke and says, be of good cheer as I be not afraid. And Peter said unto him, if it's you, cause me to come out on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he what? What did he do? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw he saw all the obstacles being stacked up. He began to sink. So when you are looking for a breakthrough, you can't look at the obstacles because the obstacles will make you sink. 
You just look at it and, and, and see, faith comes by hearing. All right? But guess what? Doubt comes by looking. Okay, y'all didn't get that. Go to, go to Mark chapter, go to Mark chapter 9. Go to Mark 9. Go to Mark 9. Go to Mark 9 real quick. Mark 9. The word doubt means to stagger, to, to remove yourself from what was promised. It means to disbelieve. And there are four things that doubt will do. You can write this down. Four things doubt will do. Number one, doubt will cause you to disbelieve. Number two, doubt will cause you to disobey. Number three, doubt will cause you to drown the promise that God made you. And then number four, doubt will cause you to disengage your faith. I'm going to say that again. Doubt will cause you to first disbelieve. It'll cause you to disobey. It'll cause you to drown the promise that God made to you. And then finally, the whole purpose of doubt is to cause you to disengage your faith from what God promised you. Now, in Mark chapter uh, uh, 9, look in verse 20. Are you there? Say, I'm there. And they brought unto him. Now, now this was this demon boy. And his dad had brought him to the disciples. And for some reason, the disciples... They couldn't heal him. Because if you look in verse 16, it says, and they asked, let me just jump down. It says in verse 19, he answered and said, oh, faithless generation, how should I be with you? And then he jumped down. And in verse 20, it says, and they brought unto him, brought him unto him when they saw him straightway. He began, watch this now, this is a little boy. He began to tear and fall on the ground and foam at the mouth. Can you imagine now? They bring Jesus, the boy to Jesus. And when the demon inside of the boys see the power inside of Jesus, he just starts falling all on the floor and foaming on the mouth and just shaking and going on. Have y'all seen people do that before? Have y'all ever done that before? (laughs) And so what happened is verse 21, it says, and he asked the father, how long is it? ago since this has came upon him and he says of a child jesus just forget about he's not even looking at what's happening he just said you know what i'm not gonna be moved by that i'm gonna be moved by what i know that's inside of me that i can do and when you're facing an obstacle you can't be moved by the obstacle you got to be moved by what god says you can do and so watch this it says, and oftentimes it casts him in the fire and throw him in the water and tries to destroy him watch verse 23 and jesus said and he said, Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, how many things? All things are what? Possible to him that believe. And you know what? And straightway the father cried, cried out and said, Lord, I believe. Help my what? Help my unbelief. And so Jesus rebuked the spirit. And then he said, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter him no more. And watch what happens because it seems like things get worse before they get better. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was one like he was dead. Can you imagine? Here it is. He's going to look like he's getting a breakthrough. And now the boy looked like he's dead. And I can tell you this. If things seem tough right now, you're right on the edge of a breakthrough. I mean, you, 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 you can't afford to give up right now. It's not time to throw the towel in. It's not time to start talking negative. It's actually time now to stand on your faith and to look, fight the good fight of faith. Put your dukes up. Come on, devil. I got you. See, you have to learn to outlast the devil. He might not get tired because spirits don't get tired. But let me tell you what, you, what, it, what does happen. If you just keep fighting the good fight of faith, the promise is we win. 
God always causes us to triumph. So if you could just outlast him. I know you're getting beat up. Don't worry about it. Get in the corner. Get yourself together. Get somebody. Get, let you get some water. Spit the water out. Okay. You ready? No, I'm not ready. Okay. You got to get out there, though. Go to Mark 6 and we'll close. Mark chapter 6. How do you eliminate doubt? How do you eliminate doubt? Let me tell you how you eliminate doubt. With more information. Watch this. How many in here, if I gave you $1,000, and I'm closing. If I gave you $1,000 and said, listen, will you tightrope across this rope for 50 yards? That's half of a football field. Would you tightrope if I gave you $1,000 across that tightrope? How many in here would not do it? Let me see your hand. Okay, wait a minute. Did y'all understand the question? Okay. Y'all know what tightroping is, right? You know how the circus people tightrope. How many of you would tightrope 50 yards for $100? I changed it. How many would do it? You don't ask that yet. I'm asking you. Would you do it for $100? How many would do it? Let me see your hand. How many wouldn't do that? Let me see your hand. How many don't even know what I'm talking about? Let me see your hand. <laughs> now watch this. How many would do it for $100 if the rope was on the ground? <laughs> the only reason... You stop doubting. It's because I gave you some more information. And that's the problem. Most people cannot eliminate doubt because they don't have enough information. You say, well, pastor, what's the information? Go to Mark 6. Mark 6 real quickly. Mark 6. Oh, we are just done in Jesus' name. Okay. Mark chapter 6. Chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 2. And when he, on the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Verse 3, is this not the carpenter's son, the son of Mary, the brother James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? Basically, they are are allowing Jesus' natural lineage to just disintegrate his power. Look at verse 6. But Jesus said unto him, a prophet is not without honor, except for his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. But let me show you what happened. And, and he could not there do no mighty works, except just lay his hands upon a few sick people. Just folks with some colds. <coughs> Here you go. Be healed. But watch this now. And he marveled because of their what class? Unbelief. Now, let me show you the cure for unbelief, because you may not get it. Let me show you the cure. And he went round about the villages. You'd have thought he'd have left. He said, no, 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 no. They need some. They need some more information. So you know what happened? It says he went about the villages, what? Teaching. And that's what eliminates doubt. Teaching. Not singing. I know and hollering and running and we got to, that's all good. But when you were in school, they didn't preach you your ABCs, somebody. Well, hey, come on, say A, B. And then you get home and sing your ABCs. Your, kid, your mama going to slap you. Pow. 
you get that from, boy? No, no, no. Teaching eliminates doubt. And so when you're going through this season of breakthrough, just remember, don't let, don't let the obstacles stacked up keep you from getting good information. What is the information? What has God said? If all you can say is, Father, I thank you that breakthrough's on the way. If that's all you got in your mouth, just know that that's scriptural. Amen. All right. Amen. That's it right there. That's all I got.